So we're in about the fourth week where we've been talking about the book, the book of Acts. And last week we were talking about uh, the perfect timing of God. That Jesus dies as the Passover lamb on Friday at three. And at the same time, the Passover lambs had been killed for 2,000 years to commemorate their deliverance from Egypt. And then there was another feast, uh, the Feast of the First Fruits. This feast was on the next day after the Sabbath, after the Passover. What would the next day be? The next day would be Sunday. So that the first I'm sorry, so that the Feast of the First Fruits then would be on the Sunday right after the Passover. Now, the first fruits are interesting because the first fruits was a barley first fruits. It's a visual inspection. I told you. Any farmer knows that the whole crop is guaranteed to be good by the first fruits, the quality. Jesus, Jesus is the perfect fulfillment of the first fruits. It symbolizes that because Christ's resurrection was valid and good, if you remember last week, we talked about because his resurrection is good so is ours. James said, I mean, Jesus said, because I live, what? You shall live also. And the first fruits was a picture of the resurrection of Christ that guarantees that our resurrection will occur. Fifty days after Pentecost was the Feast of Harvest. And Pentecost was a kind of feast first fruits because the full harvest hadn't been brought in yet it hadn't been brought in yet by Pentecost but the first fruits of the harvest began uh, to come first fruits of the wheat harvest and so this was a foretaste of the full harvest and they took some of the wheat harvest and they made loaves of bread they were, they were leaven loaves of bread, leavened loaves of bread. And they offered them to the Lord as an expression of thanks. Okay. It's interesting to me that at the Passover, they had to make unleavened bread because of the Passover, symbolize Christ. And leaven is the symbol of sin. And unleavened bread symbolizes the sinlessness of Christ. And so you remember in the verse, I can't remember, it says a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. And so what that really means is that a little sin will make the whole lump sinful. Amen? And so it's kind of deep that, you know, they made the unleavened bread the sign of Christ because it was without sin. He was without sin. 
Here they offered the leavened bread to symbolize the sinfulness, uh, the sinfulness of the church. And we are far from sinless like Christ. All of these elements we talk about, we talked about last time, but just I just wanted to run through for a, a brief reminder. You know, we were talking uh, out of Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Prior to this, prior to this, Jesus had made two promises. And if you remember, those two promises were very important, very significant promises. One was the church, excuse me, in the book of Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18 uh, and I also say, uh, for the sake of time, for the sake of time, uh, I'll just read you the scriptures. Uh, and I say, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, future tense, and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. That was Matthew 16, verse number 18, New King James Version. And then later on, he promised in the upper room. Uh, in the upper room uh, discourse that he would he would send the Holy Spirit. So in, in John 14, he said uh, in six verses 16 through 18, John 14 verses 16 through 18, he says, and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper and he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And these are, uh, I, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So, so these are two monumental promises that Jesus made. One, to build his church. And two, what? To send the Holy Spirit. Amen. Both of these promises came true at the same moment. What does amen mean, Zay? What does amen mean? Little man next to him. What does amen mean? No, no, no. No, I'm talking to them. What does amen mean? Babe, no, no. Baby girl, what does amen mean? Does any of you know what amen means? Amen, amen means I agree. Okay? So you got to be careful about just saying something because you hear somebody else saying it because somebody might be saying something that's not right. So I asked you what did amen mean? So amen means, amen means I agree. Amen means I agree. So when you agree with somebody from now on, Zay, you can say what? If you agree with somebody, Zay, from now on, you can say what? Amen. Okay? Never repeat something that you don't know what it means. Okay? Do y'all hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Yes, ma'am. I was talking to the kids, maybe. You're good, mom. I appreciate you. All right. So, and that is my mom, y'all. That's one of my mothers. So, and so, 
He just called her mama. No, she's she raised me, helped raise me. Um, so he had made two monumental promises. One was to build his church and one was to send his Holy Spirit. And both of these promises came true at that moment. The church was born and the Spirit came on that day of Pentecost, the very event that we see uh, here in Acts chapter 2. The birth of the church and the baptism of the Holy Spirit occur together. They happen at the same time. The church is born on the day of Pentecost, and it is given its birth by the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Here, here, here is the birth of the church by means of the Lord himself, the Lord Jesus immersing these people in the Holy Spirit. Literally, they are engulfed in the Spirit. The Spirit takes up residence in them. And that, pl and, and, and that places them into the common life of God through the Spirit and makes them possess a common life with each other so that they are one in Christ. This, this is the church, okay? So, so, we get, so we get this understanding right here. Uh, I want to go back over that, that note again. Uh, the Spirit takes up residence in them. And places them into a common life of God through the Spirit. Let's deal with that real quickly. So how do so many of us believers have this Holy Spirit residing on the inside of us, but so much worldly activity on the outside of us? How is this possible? So, so, so what we, what we need to be, and here's the thing, I'm going to be taking my time with everything that I teach from now. I'm really going to take my time with it because here's the deal. We should be trying to build a church. We are trying to build a church that literally combats sin, that literally snatches victims of whatever it is that they're going through from, from, from that and from the grips of the enemy. Amen. This, this church, this church. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something. I want you to be in prayer about a few things. I want you to be in prayer that, that God sends, he sends the rain. He sends the harvest. He, he sends the money. He sends all of that so that we don't have to worry about any of that. And we can all focus on being discipled so that we can go out and snatch people out of the grips of hell. For whatever else are we doing this for? If, 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 you, if you are a saint that does not witness, you're not a saint. If you are a Christian that does not witness, you are not a Christian. And so, and so, so, so one of the first things that you're going to have to deal with, how about, oh, okay, I hear you, Holy Ghost. One of the first things you're going to have to deal with if you want to be effective for the kingdom and to see people actually come into God is you're going to have to be careful about your self-image. You're going to have to be careful about how you portray yourself because if you don't portray yourself as a, as a follower of Christ, nobody will believe that you are. And why would we listen to you if you don't follow Christ? Why are you trying to teach me about something that you have not gained hold of yourself? You see? So, so we want to be the type of church, you know, if it militant even, you might say, to the point to where we are not playing because, see, the, the, the beautiful makeup of this church is for the most part everybody in here has been through something. You know, and so, 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 so your drastic not, might not be my drastic, my drastic might not be your drastic, but it's drastic nonetheless. Amen. And so, and so as 
as when you, when you when you've been through the worst of the worst and you come to the conclusion that it was God that brought you out and kept you and and cleaned you up and got you back on your feet and started again. Then see that th this is an uncanny group of people that, that make up this ministry that because we've all been saved from the malicious mindset of the enemy, we should all be like focused like, you know what? <laughs> he didn't get me and he ain't going to get nobody else. It's especially nobody I know, especially nobody I'm connected to. I'm getting ready to turn my life around. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I, I got some things going on in my life right now uh, in a certain situation that is so heavy that it made me say, I'm a, this, this, afternoon, this morning, I said, I'm, it's over with. I'm changing my whole life because I want to bring this person out. I want to make sure this person's okay. And it means, it means to me my whole existence. See, 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 here's the thing. We keep on playing Jesus like he's some soft cat that just came from heaven and he was just na, 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 na. Jesus came out on the strength with a mindset that was saying, you know what? You know what? I, I, I'm coming out to die for them. He's in the greatest place that's ever, he's in, the, he's in an atmosphere. He's in Eden. He's in an atmosphere. He's in heaven. He's in a, you understand, he's with his father, God, the Abba. And, and he, he says, he says, you know what, but I love them so much. I'm coming from this perfect place and I'm ready to die for them. Isn't this amazing that some of us are parents and we have children that we would not die for? I know when I was growing up as a kid, every parent on my block would die for their children. Today, not so much. Amen? Things have, things have changed. But Jesus comes down from the depths of heaven, from, from, uh, from the heights of heaven, and he says, he says, I'm ready to die. And until I do, though, we'll get this, but until I die, I'm going to take on the form of a servant. I'm going to take on the form of man. I'm going to be normal. And yeah, I got these powers, but I'm not going to use them because I want you to be like me. Christ, a Christian means like Christ. He wants you to be like him. In other words, he says, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do things in the earth realm with not all the hoopla of heaven. Lord, have mercy. I, so, so, so if I can raise them, you can raise them. If I can heal them, you can heal them. That's what he says. He said, in fact, in fact, in one verse, he said, do not marvel at these things that you see me doing right here because this and greater works you are going to do. You know why we aren't doing the greater works? Because we've not made him the greater. We've not made him the greatest in our lives. See, truth be told, we have too many gods for God. Uh, so you, you, you understand that some, some of it could be the scheduling of your TV shows. You will keep those shows better than you will keep Bible Sunday school, worship service, and Bible study. You, some, some of you in here got some shows in here that better not nobody call. If they die, they better, they better, read, they better, they better get up and wait for, for 45 minutes and then die so that then I can talk to you because I ain't missing my show. Huh? You know, be, be, be 10 minutes away and it's 13 minutes before the show come on. And then all of a sudden you find out that you're married to a, a, a race car driver. But they don't run that fast for church, do they? They don't, they don't run that fast for the things of God. The Bible says the problem with the man is, is that we begin to worship the creation rather than the creator. Jesus comes down on the scene and says, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to die. For each and every one of us, I'm, he was ready to die. Not just for the people that was on the scene at his time, at his dispensation, but he was ready to die for us today. Ready to die. You understand?
So, 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 the Spirit takes up, so, so, we got a problem with the 21st century Christian because the Spirit of the Lord is supposed to take residence on the inside of us. So, if that's the case, why we got so many nasty Christians? If Jesus is dwelling, if the Holy Spirit, rather, is dwelling deep down, and we know that the Holy Spirit is, is, is a part of the Godhead. So if the Holy Spirit is dwelling deep down on the inside of us, how are we still so nasty? This is true, but the Holy Spirit is engulfed in peace. So, so when, when, when you have the Holy Spirit deep down on the inside of you, you're not going to act abnormal or you're not going to act contrary to peace we so we have a whole bunch of people that claim to have the holy spirit but we see everything in them but the characteristics of the holy spirit so it doesn't matter who if the leading or the guiding the, the, the very fact that it's there ought to chill you out but it don't but it don't cause why because it's bigger than you it don't cause it ain't there that's why it's bigger than you so if you're running around here, that's just like somebody talking about, you know, like, okay, so I told some people years ago, uh, it's still up for debate that I know Spanish. <laughs> All that right, I heard you. El highlighter O. No, this is, here, hold this, baby. This is Spanish. El glasses O. And I told, I told one of my daughters, I said, why are you spending all that money and taking that class in Spanish? And I could have taught you this stuff myself. And so I came to the church and I said, I'm trying to tell them, I've been trying to tell them I know Spanish. And everybody says, everybody's a hater. Everybody says, no, you don't know Spanish. That's not Spanish, right? Okay, so, so, so just like I claim Spanish, but some of y'all say I don't know it, people claim Holy Ghost and don't know them. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You know. You, know, you you can't get mad, cuss up a storm, and then say something like this. Ooh, baby, glad I'm saved. Because if I wasn't saved, well, you, well, honey, you didn't sound like you was very saved at all. Uh, if, I was, if I wasn't saved, I, I would have put my hands up. Well, you should have because you, you still got to go repent. You see. So we got to be careful. And this is what I want. I want to, you know, this is what I think that every pastor should preach in the church. Be careful to be saved by way of the word of God and not by way of your own thinking. Huh? Don't, don't just think you saved because you say you are. Don't you think you saved because you measure your life up against the person next door or the person down the street or the person that's in your family. Don't you measure it because the Bible said, look to me who is the author and finisher of your faith. If you're going to compare yourself to something, compare yourself to me and you will always come up short. So you should always strive harder, you see. Not, 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 for, not in works, but in belief, because it's the belief that actually uh, 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 dictates your works. Lord, have mercy. So he takes residence in us, uh, and, and, and we become in a common life, uh, 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 of God, a common life of God through the Spirit. And, and so, 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 so now it's just saying that we're in the presence of God all the time. Now, that's deep, isn't it? We're in the presence of God. How many of us in here would tell the truth, shame the devil, and say, I'm in the presence of God daily? How many can say that? That's a bad number, ain't it? 
two to three for however many people we got in here. That's, that's some bad odds, ain't it? But do you know that it's supposed to, it's how it's supposed to be? We are supposed to constantly be in the presence of God. Constantly be in the presence of God. And here's the thing. You should feel abnormal when you are out of the presence of God. Because we do not have citizenship here in the earth realm. Our citizenship is in heaven. So, so, then it goes on and it says it makes, uh, uh, it makes us to possess a common life with each other so that they are one in Christ. This is the church. So, so, so this, this same Holy Spirit uh, that should be radiating uh, or residing on the inside of all of us should make us of one mind. In fact, in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 4, the Apostle Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let me show you something. If, the, if everybody took on that verse and, 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 and done what that, what that verse said, we would never have an argument. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Because we would all have the mind of God. We would all be doing the things of God. You understand what I'm saying to you? You know, people wouldn't be quitting churches and having to go run to another church that don't know their reputation. I got to check out who I'll go over before I join. Because, you know, the last place they knew about us. It's sad today that we have to put up pictures in the vegetables of people and say, don't let them in. <laughs> they will this, they will that. You see, but, but, but if we all have the mind of Christ, then we should all be on one accord. You know why we don't hang out? You know why we don't eat out together all the time and, and jig? And uh, uh, Sister Shamika asked me the other day, she said, Pastor, what happened with what was going on at Grove now that we here at Unity? She said, where is the same power? And I said, the people are different. We don't have the same people in Grove that we had. And, you know, we, had, we didn't have people in Grove that wanted to have Bible study twice a week. We didn't have that. We, we didn't have, we, we wasn't at each other's house every day, literally, every day. And then eating at somebody's house that we picked on Sundays. We didn't, we did, we did, and if they didn't have enough already cooked, because we didn't, we didn't make no schedule, we just did it. And if they didn't have enough to cook, they just say, well, give me 30 minutes so I can put some more. Y'all can just watch TV while we're cooking. You see, because we, we and, 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 that, and what that produced was folk getting saved. It, 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 it we, 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 didn't, we didn't witness no death. You know what's so deep? We didn't witness death in this church crazy. It was every, everything was just different. And I said, she said, well, I said, because we over here now, we, we just like what's popular now. And we, so the, the people, the people that, 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 that journey our church now, God's not everything. So some people, you know, they, they, they've got better things to do than God. Uh, God inconveniences people in our church today. This is why we don't have the same power. See, 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 the, the reason that I love God the way that I do was because I was never supposed to come out of the penitentiary. And, and, and by many people's uh, thought process, I, I probably should I, I probably shouldn't be living. And so and so and so when you get to this point in your life, when you sit back and you begin to you begin to think back over everything that you've been through and you say, couldn't have been nobody but God. And, and you read the scriptures and the scriptures say, and he wants you. And so, so when you see that he wants you, now, you, now you're thumbing through the papers trying to figure out what disqualifies a person from being, you, you know, now you're Googling. <laughs> what, 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 do you, what could you have done that will keep you out of heaven? 
if, 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 if I ever smoke crack, will that, will that keep me out of heaven? Nope. I can't, I, will that stop me from being able to, 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 to join the royal family? Nope. If, if, if I ever put my hands on somebody and I brought pain or I brought some type of harm to their life, will that keep me out of heaven? Nope. Does that, does that disqualify, my, disqualify my application for glory? Nope. See, and when you begin to go down the process of the things that you've done in your life, and you begin to, you begin to find out that there is nothing that you have done that he won't forgive, and not just forgive, but receive you. When you begin to realize that, you ought to lose your mind. There should be nothing, nothing greater than what you just discovered. But we live in a dispensation. We live in a, t- a place of time where... Yeah, I mean, he saved me, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He 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 brought me off of that, but see, and this is why this world is so dangerous, because we can understand the goodness of the Lord and still reject it, and we don't we don't reject it by fault. We don't reject it like I didn't really know I was rejecting him. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. So if this spirit takes residence of where it abides in you, then we ought to see, we ought to see some difference. Amen? This is why people don't want to join the church, because they don't see no difference between them and the people that's in the world, us and the people that's in the world. Amen. So this is what we're looking at. And, and I want you to, I want, I want to break these three uh, verses more. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to break, break into them more. Um, but. But I want to, I want to, I want to break this event into like three sections. Rather, is what I'm trying to say, and I'm gonna just, I'm gonna deal with some of these verses more than the other ones. But over the next few weeks, we're gonna look at one. We're gonna look at the evidence of sp- the Spirit's coming. Um, we're gonna deal with some of that today. The impact of the Spirit's coming, and the explanation of the Spirit's coming. You might remember I told you that last week. So, so let's start with this first point, with the evidence of the Spirit's coming. The day of Pentecost arrived. And they were all together in one place. Who are they? The folks in chapter 1, verses uh, 15, 120 persons who were gathered there. Remember, there was 500, 380 didn't make it. These are the brethren. These are the believers. There's 120 believers gathered in one place. We don't know exactly where that place was, but it was large enough to contain them. They had been told to wait in Jerusalem until the Spirit came, and they had done that, and they were all together in one place so 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 there they were on the day of pentecost all together in one place and suddenly there comes from heaven a noise a blast of god's breath a noise that was like a violent rushing wind you read that in acts chapter 2 verse number 2 and 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 it says and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a or like in some translations rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting there is not a violent rushing there is not there is not a um, a violent rushing wind there is no wind but it's kind of a noise that's li- like a hurricane makes anybody ever witnessed a noise of uh, Bree, you probably have it in oklahoma you done hurt seen some hurricanes ain't you do they got hurricanes okay and so huh all right huh tornadoes okay okay thank you and 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 so, uh, but but these are hurricane, you know, and, and you know it's like it, 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 when you hear people who've been interviewed 
who've been under a a tornado or a hurricane, they talk about the fact that it was like a locomotive coming through their house. Could you imagine that? A locomotive coming through your house. Could you imagine the noise? That's, that's the noise of the breath of God. And the breath of God is none other than the Holy Spirit himself. So, so there is an audible sound like a violent hurricane, a noise. That noise fills the whole house where they were sitting and most likely, uh, 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 most likely uh, spilled beyond that. And, and then they hear the appearing uh, to them of tongues of fire. Now, now they're getting these tongues of fire. Those would be like tongues flickering like fire. Okay, so when you see that, it, it, what they're saying is it's like tongues flickering like fire. And and when we talk about tongues here, just something, uh, uh, a tongue flickering, a flame, a literal flame. That 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 is also a phenomenon, but not an audible phenomenon, but a visible phenomenon. And and those like tongues are distributed among. All, 120 of them it rests on. This is an indication by the manifestation that the mighty rushing wind of the Holy Spirit has not come in some generic way, but has come to personally, individually rest on every believer the same way the Holy Spirit comes to rest in the form of a dove, uh, came to rest in the form of a dove on, on Christ on his day of baptism. You understand what I'm saying to you? So, so, so this, this is, this is uh, so this immense event launches the church. This is what launches the church. So, so it's not, so now when you read, you know, and they had tongues around, they were speaking in diverse tongues, and, and yada, yada. No, 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 baby, it was something bigger than that that was going on. There was a birthing of the church, you see. Th- that, that's why that's so important. The birthing of the church. Can I, t- oh, yada, listen, listen, listen. The Lord said, when are we going to birth churches in the earth realm? Ooh. The Lord said, when are we going to birth churches? That I've signed off on in the earth realm. Lord, have mercy. When, when, when are we going to stop being so about ourselves that we can actually birth churches that, 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 that I can come and inhabit? That I can come and sit with my people. Children's church is now open. Children's church is open. You can go on up there. Amen. When, 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 when are we going to produce some John the Baptist? When are we going to produce some, some Apostle Pauls and some Peters? And I'm talking about the whole Peter, not half Peter. We've got half Peters already. You know that part of Peter. <laughs> when the spirit who has been with them takes up residence in them, immerses them in the unity with Christ and makes them one with each other. He that is joined to the Lord in one spirit. So we got a problem. You see the problem? It's obvious, right? This is the spirit that was supposed to, that's supposed to take up residence on the inside of us and resides in us. It, 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 you know, it immenses them in unity with Christ and makes them one with each other. Well, we got a problem because there's a whole lot of people in churches all over the city that don't, they go to the same church and can't stand each other. 
Huh? I'm pretty sure we got some people in this church that don't like each other. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? And, and I want to say this, that if you happen to be in here and you're a person in this church that don't like somebody else that's in this church, you out of order. You got to get it right. You got to at least try to make it right with whoever you got a problem with. The Bible says that if you have an ought with your brother or if your brother has an ought with you, before you lay your gift to me, before you try to give your gift to me, get up and go get that thing right with the person that, ha that has a situation with you, that's feeling some type of way with you. And can I tell you something? You know when somebody got a problem with you because they treat you different. They treat you different than what they treated you before. You, 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 know, you know somebody that's got a problem with you, you know, because they don't speak to you no more. You understand what I'm saying to you? You know, you know, you know when there's a problem. You know, you know, this ain't who we was. I think Big Bub said, what's the deal? Why are you getting funky on me? Oh, God. I said this time I wasn't going to sing no song during Bible study, but at least I didn't sing it, right? But, but you know when a, problem's got a, a person's got a problem with you. So here's the question I want to ask you. Why not go try to fix it? Why not go find out what's going on? Because he said, the Bible says, if they have an ought with you. That's how it reads. It doesn't say if you have a problem with them. It says, if you know that somebody got a problem with you, that means that you're supposed to be saved, but you're walking around here knowing somebody got a problem with you. And, and here's the problem that God has with that. That problem might be hurting them that they have with you. That problem might be stunting their growth in God that they're hurting with because of you. And so you want to find out, what did I do to you, and what can we do to make it right? Now, you got to be careful about some people because some people going to always have a problem with everybody. So, so, so some people have problems with people because they, they need attention. Do you, do you understand that the way Satan works with this whole attention thing? The people that deal with, that need attention, they will start a fight. They will cause a division in the church. All because people are going to pay attention to them until it's over with. You see. Isn't this crazy? You know that we ought to be witnessing to the point that on Sundays, people are coming into the church to get saved. We ought, to be, we ought to be meeting people in Walmart and getting their numbers and sticking with them until this thing is done, until they, until they wind up in the church and give their life to Jesus. But we can't do that. They got too many sales in these stores to be worried about. You want me to witness to them? They just got the vacuum cleaner that I wanted. It was the last one. Huh? Have you ever walked past somebody that you don't know and have never seen, but know something was on their heart, something was on their mind? You could look at them and see as there was a broken, this, they were in a broken place of their life. Anybody ever done that? And, and so if, you could, if, if he gave you the ability to notice that, don't you think he gave you something to say to them? Do you think that he just continues to run you past people that you see is going through and you can feel it in your heart? You ain't never said a word to him, hung out with him or anything like that. But something's on your mind. Something begins to weigh heavy on your chest. And you know that they can just use some type of encouragement, but you don't. You're out of order. He didn't bring you to that Walmart at that minute for that, for that, for that thing. To be sitting next to the person that you can just feel in your heart has got something going on. And you say nothing. The difference between the church then and the church now was they were busy with their agenda. They were busy with the purpose. We, we got the wrong purpose, y'all. They were going out by the highways and byways encouraging folk to come to Christ. We don't got no time for that. We're too caught up in our own lives.
So let me ask you a question. Jeff, you are uh, the senior here today. And I say that in as much love as I can muster. But you remember the old church, right? Old church wouldn't even have church with us, would they? Could you imagine if the disciples came in here and sat in here today? They, they, in this church and every other, they would say, oh, y'all ain't doing church. Y'all having a party. Y'all having a get-together. This, this isn't church. Because church doesn't stop here. Since you are the church, church never stops on Haggard Court. Church is everywhere. And since church is supposed to be everywhere, everybody ought to be getting saved. The numbers are low, aren't they, Jeff? Of people getting saved. Now, here's the thing. And because, the, oh, so, oh, oh, this is the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what he just said. Let me tell you, you might want to write this down. <laughs> because your walk is weak, their, their conversion is weak. What you mean, Pastor? They be saved for two weeks. But truth be told, that's about as long as the people that be trying to witness today. You see, you, 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 you're trying to sell folk a product that you ain't got yourself. You're trying to sell people a product that you don't use yourself. And so we're trying to figure out, we got them to the church, and we, we got them, they got saved, and then two, three weeks later, they was, they was out of there. Because that was the depth of your witness. When, when people get done talking to you, there's so much Bible to read and understand that when people get done talking with you, they, they, can't, they can't get saved and, 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 and be out in two weeks. It's too much that, that, that's got them curious. It's too much that's got them wondering. It's too, you, you've said too much, but when you don't know much, you can't say much, can you? Because I'm pretty sure they already know that he supposedly died for them. I say supposedly because they're not there yet. He, they, he know all. He, they, they, the, most unbelievers know the ABCs of Christianity. The problem is we don't have enough people with D, E, F, and G of Christianity. We don't have enough people that can walk Christianity. Let me tell you something. You can read that. You can have that whole Bible down on the inside of you and don't walk it, and you ain't got no power. And you are no help to the kingdom of God. The fact that you go to church. Okay, okay so when are we going to stop celebrating that? When are we going to celebrate you actually know the Bible? Hold on. When are we going to Oh, so you already know the Bible. So when are we going to celebrate you actually walk what you know? When are we going to celebrate that? You've been reading the Bible for years. You don't look like it, but, you, but you've been reading it. Oh, God. The, the, the church, Jeff, the, the, the older church, I mean, I mean uh, 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 we couldn't sit in their churches. We would be too, because we, got, we are soft generations. This is, the only, this, is the, this is the only generation I've ever seen where the bullies, the bullies need therapy. In other words, people can be as nasty as they want to be, and then when somebody get back, somebody check them, you know, in the Lord even, they, you know, they can't take it. I just think I need to stop coming. Isn't that amazing? We just, we just had that happen. We had, we had a bully talk stuff every time he turned around, and then when somebody just say something in the Lord, lose their mind. Anybody know anybody like that? You can say what you won't say, but when somebody says something back, and we don't even say nothing as bad as what you said, now we can't be cool. Now, now we got problems. So, so, so get this. 
In other words, what I'm trying to say is that how do we have a church where everybody don't know each other's name? How, how, as small of a church as we have, where we've been averaging 60, 50, 60, 70. How, how is it that we don't know each other's kids, their names? How is it that I can offend you and not know it? The only way that I can offend any of you in here and not know it is because I don't know you. And if I've been your pastor for three years, for six years, we've been here for six years. If I've been your pastor for six years, you understand what I'm saying to you? And, 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 and if I offend you, it is only with one of two reasons. One, I'm rushing. I'm not, I got a million things on my mind, and that's how that played out. Two, I ain't studying you. I'm not studying you. But you know what? You know what? The most of the people in this that goes to our church and most churches all through the world, they don't. You know why they offend one another? Because they don't know one another. I didn't know that would hurt you. Well, you didn't know. Hey, well, we've been going to church for three years together. Isn't that amazing? Tell true shame level. How how many people in here? Is some people in this church? You've been going to this church over a year and you don't really know their name, or you don't know them. You don't know them. You don't know if you said something wrong to them that would offend, or if, not so much if you, don't, if you know you said something wrong, it's going to offend them, but you don't know that you said this, that that was going to offend them. But do you understand that when, when, you become, when you become church family, you understand what I'm saying to you? And, it, and I'm going to be real with you. Again, some of us, you're not going to like this, but I don't care about your families. Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my father? They were waiting outside the door, and he was saying, my brother, my brother, my sister, whoever, whoever's in my, these are the people that keep the word of God. See, see, our problem is, yeah, you know what, it's family over everything. That's a lie. It's not family over everything. It's God over everything. And so since it's God over everything, it's God's family over everything. And that supersedes your natural family. And, and, and these are the choices that you got to make. That's why he said, if you love your mama and your daddy more than you love me, then you ain't worthy of me. You ain't worthy of me. You understand what I'm saying to you? So, so, so we got to stop. We got to, we got to, we got this line in the grass where, you know, I'm saved until here. Then you're not saved. And, 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 and we got to stop pushing this generic Kroger brand type of Christianity that says, you know, uh, uh, get this one because it don't cost that much. Oh, Lord. My wife, she's got this thing. She likes to, she likes to equate in the, uh, you know, when you go to the pharmacy thing, and she'd be like, baby, this is equate. It is the same thing. And it's just, and I, it's just $2 cheaper. And I'm like, I want the $2. I want whatever the boy is in there that gave me them, said they got the $2 more. And she'd be like, it ain't nothing but the name, but I want the name. See, because the equate says it don't cost that much, Lord. This is, this is most people's Christianity. Huh? Uh, I ain't sweating. Why are you saying? Uh, so the equate says, the equate says, the equate says it don't cost that much. Like Candyland Church. Come over here. We're going to preach. We ain't going to talk about hell over here. Come over here. We're going to preach. We're going to dance over here. Like the sermon that we heard today. As, as, as a 24-year-old baby laid in a casket, and we had to watch a two- to three-year-old baby bend over in the casket and kiss him. And when they begin to roll his body down, he begins to say, what are they doing with Daddy? Daddy, where are you going? Daddy, where's Daddy going? Because he thought Daddy was just asleep. And the preacher seen all these young people here, and he thought he'd do a sermon that hooped and sang and yeah. We had at least 20 young people sit there like this. Did not understand, did, did not have a word for the people, did not, did not know the climate of the culture. He was using words like homeboy. Look, man, 
We don't say that no more. And when we do, it's because we old and we send it to each other. Look here, homeboys. Nobody called you to fit in. We called you to preach a message that might save the souls of the people that's in the building. So, 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 so we had an equate preacher today. Try me, I don't cost much. I'm not going to ask much. My, my message isn't going to convict you. It's not going to ask much of you. But I'm going to tell you something. Y'all better quit playing with that, that stuff to just say shampoo. And you better get that head and shoulders because it cost more. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying to you? It cost more. It, it, in, other, in other words, in other words, in other words, you, you better live a life that's going to cost you more. You walking around here all saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, but you still doing everything that you want to do. You are not saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And shame on these pastors that are walking around here letting these things happen, letting people believe that they're good. But what can you expect from somebody that goes that goes to college to preach? Oh, let me get out of here because I ain't even acting right. Wonder why they don't invite me nowhere. What she said. <laughs> Singing at a funeral. <laughs> Touching my thing. Right. <laughs> Holding your ear. This is a funeral, not a talent show. This boy ain't supposed to be dead at 24 years old. Why don't you talk to him about that? His, his son should not be talking about where are they taking my daddy? Where is he going? You found it important to sing and can't sing. Didn't even sound good. But you know what? You know what raised their hands and you know who jumped up in the church? His old members. You, you know what I say to that? Let me tell you. I'm going to tell you what I say to that. He was protecting his paycheck. He, he, was, he was securing it. He was securing the bag. He was, he was making sure that, that I don't make no difference because the young people don't tithe no way. But the old people that's in my church that came over here while I preach this boy's funeral that I know nothing about. Yeah, as long as they're pleased, I really ain't studying y'all. Y'all don't pay me. And who, baby, who all jumped up? The old people in the church that you know is connected to his church. Not a young soul one. Everybody else was confused because he was spitting and you couldn't even understand the words that was coming out of his mouth. So we had two rows of young people that missed a word. We had a serious reason this boy was gone. We needed to talk about that. But that's not profitable. So we'll do what's popular. Though it has no power. Verse 4 takes it a step further. We're almost done. I done lost myself. Verse 4 takes it a, a step further. As you remember, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus promised in chapter 1, verse number 5, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then it happened. Additionally, according to verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This, this is experiential 
This is where the believer under the control of the spirit begins to manifest the fruit of the spirit. In other words, because of this spirit residing and taking up residence on the inside of them, we begin to see a spirit of love and of joy and of peace and of long-suffering and of kindness and of goodness and of faith and of gentleness and of meekness and self-control. As Paul described to us uh, in the book of Galatians, this is where the believer begins to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. The baptism places us into the body of Christ. It places the spirit into us. You understand what I'm saying to you? The filling is then the spirit moving through us to produce the right attitudes and the right actions. And it's not a filling that's static, uh, uh, like, like, like filling a, a glass. You understand? It's, it's a filling that's in motion, filling like a, 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 it's like a filling that, of a wind that, that's in the sails. That's how the term is used. You need to be filled over and over and over and over again. The idea, the idea is to control, total control, yielding to the Holy Spirit. It, it, it further defined uh, uh, in, in Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse number 16. It defines it like this in 3 and 16 of Colossians. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in the, in the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Those are, uh, those are filled, they, they are dominated by the scripture. They, they are engulfed by the scripture. They are dominated by the revelation of God. They are dominated by the will of God. They are dominated in walking in obedience, letting the word, letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It's not a once for all reality. As we see in the book of Acts repeatedly, they were filled with the spirit. 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 You constantly, you cannot get away in the book of Acts where they were filled with the spirit. Notice, it wasn't just different people. A lot of times it was Paul, it was Barnabas, and they was filled with the spirit. And they was over here, and it was Barnabas and Paul and Timothy, and they were filled with the spirit. And Peter was over here, and, they were, and it was filled with the Spirit. You know why you're constantly being filled with the Spirit? Because dealing with this merciful, merciless world, this evil world, you're going to have to be refilled. You, let me tell you something. If, if I was still working off the Holy Spirit uh, that I received when I was, in, when I was wa- fighting for my life in prison, uh, you understand, if I, been, if I was just still working from that, I'd be back in prison by now. Hmm? So some of you that, were, that, that had vices that, that, that hindered your whole life, that handcuffed you, handcuffed you to, to whatever it was that you was addicted to, if, if you were still dealing with the spirit that you was given then, way back then, you'd be back on whatever it was that you was addicted to now. Brand new mercies every day. Brand new mercies every day. So, we got to start talking about the Holy Ghost in the church again, and not as some type of mystical, spiritual, spooky character that has room in the Word of God. No, no. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It is not a thing. It is not an imagination. The Holy Spirit is real. He's, he's, he's God. He's a person. He's a person. And we have to, we have to begin to ask ourselves this, this very basic question, do I have it? Maybe, maybe, maybe the reason that I act the way that I act is because I don't have it. Maybe, maybe the reason that I say the things that I say is because I don't have it. Do, do I? We got to start asking the question, do I have it? You see, 
We got to get to the point where we're going to be the church. If we're going to be the church, and I believe that we are called to be the church to make a difference in Lexington, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it to the, to the chorus of my heart. And I've been saying it for the whole six years I've been here, but now I'm watching God drop the, all the pieces necessary for this thing to come to pass and for us to do what we're supposed to do. And I'm going to tell you something. If we're going to be that church, you're going to have to be saved. Because there's folk out there that, that operate in faking Christianity. So they're going to, watch this, that spirit going to know you when it comes if you ain't for real. If you're going to help what we're going after, you're going to have to have some power. You can't keep on telling testimonies. You're going to have to know the word of God. Watch this. How, how you going to love God but don't read God? Let me say that again. How you gonna, how you gonna love God but don't read God? How, how you gonna love God but you don't spend time in the presence of God? Huh? How, we can watch a two-hour show and not move, but can't pray twenty minutes. If we're gonna save them, and I believe we're called to save them, if we're gonna save them. We're going to have to have this. We're going to have to have this power. But it starts with the little things. Don't be so, don't be so caught up with those little. You know, ooh, no, 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 no. Work, we'll just work on reading once a day. Huh? And not, not, not somebody's scripture on Facebook. Work on reading once a day. Work, work, work on journaling after you read your scriptures. Work on but what, what, what did that mean to your heart? Why are you going to read it and just set it down and not ask what it done for you? Anybody ever read the Bible like that? Well, I read it. Check. That's one thing off my list today. I prayed. I gave him a good three minutes. Check. And then, and then wonder why you get out into the world and they tear you out the frame. Because you should love to read. You should, ah, Lord, how much? You should love to read the word of God. The believer should love to read the word. I mean, it should just be everything to him. You should love being in the presence of God. I mean, where else is it for you to be, baby, if you are saved in the presence of God? When you walk in, when you walk in the room, you should, you should make, if they're telling a bad joke, they should stop because you just walked in the room. Because, the, because of their respect for the God that dwells on the inside of you. They should just stop, stop the joke. They should get uncomfortable. They should, go, they should go try to lie on you and tell HR, you know, I, you know they, they just make me uncomfortable. I don't really ain't got to say they just make me uncomfortable. It's weird. They're just weird. They don't, they don't cuss. They don't, you know, they're just weird. Can you fire them? How, how many of you in here, people have went after your jobs because you saved? <laughs> so, so, so you've been through it. Even if they would, didn't go to the boss, they tried you enough, still going through it. Uh, that, that was kind of like um, uh, Daniel, you know. You better not pray to the east or to the west. Uh, you be, uh, for, for, for 30 days, you're going you gonna to worship me. Daniel, Daniel, I don't know about y'all. I'm going to do what I do. And, 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 but you know why they came against him like that? Because, because he loved God. It made him uncomfortable. You know how you know you're living right? When you, how you live and make people uncomfortable. Problem with the 21st century Christian when he when they walk into church and and people I mean in in the house in different people's houses or situations and people started feeling uncomfortable they start taking it personal. Don't nobody like me now that I'm saved. 
No, no, that's the God in you, baby. That's the God in you. And your flesh, and flesh should always hate the God in you. Amen?